The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pitch Podcast. Get ready for contact. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy Dex with the I Am Pitch Podcast, and we are back for another episode. Super excited about this episode because I have a first in my life and a first time in the studio. We have an actual Navy SEAL, a real frogman I'm about to bring on to the podcast. His name is Jacob Bachman, and I'm super excited about this interview, not just simply because he is a Navy SEAL, but because of what he is representing and what he is here to help tried to do and raise money for the Navy SEAL Foundation, man. Really good foundation. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring in the man, Mr. Bachman. Jacob, what's going on, my brother? Not much, Dex. Pleasure to be on here. Appreciate you having me. Now, I'm I'm going to try to see if you're a real Navy SEAL. Take your hat off for me. Let me see your hair. Nah. Nah, I don't know, man. They always said uh, Seals got the hair dudes. <laughs> you know, when I when I got out, I went through about a probably about a couple of years of not cutting it. I mean, it was shoulder length, long and luxurious. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, <laughs> I only did that for so long and then ended up doing the whole, you know, well let's let's do it in, in phases, yeah, you know, right? Cut <laughs> cut down all the sides, leave a top little Viking thing. And I'm like, all right, let me go back to being kind of like a normal, normal human being here instead of just looking like Jesus or looking like a Viking, you know, one of the two. So, Man, no, I'm real like deal, it. real deal. I was a uh, Bud's class 273. Um, so I went almost straight through. So, Man, so how old are you? Me, I am 34. 34. Okay. So you're only a couple yeah. years younger than me. So man, so how old were you when you joined the Navy and decided you wanted to be a Navy SEAL? So when I decided I was going to be, be a SEAL, I was about probably five. Oh, so uh, this was in the blood. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So like my dad, he was a Ranger, uh, army Ranger for 20 years. Oh, uh, yeah. My oldest, bro- my oldest brother's army, my other brother's air force. Um, so, I mean, we grew up military household, <laughs> And, you know, that's, it, yeah, it was in our blood. So I'd be running around, you know, in my, in the backyard with my dad's old kit and stuff like that, you know, cami paint all over my face. Uh, he taught me how to, to dive when I was way too young to be doing it, but he would just sit at the edge of the pool and I'd just vacuum out the bottom of the pool. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, but so fast forward, then went, through and finally kind of decided what I was going to do with my life, came back around to it and uh, ended up graduating, kind of did the summer and then ended up joining the delayed entry program. Oh yeah. And then, and then uh, went to <laughs> Great Lakes for Navy boot, boot camp in January of 2008. Okay. So, okay. yeah, a little bit chilly in Great Lakes. Oh, uh, man, I can, I'm sure that got you ready for what was coming though. Yeah, you know, and that's that's one of the funny things. So going through uh, to get 
the the SO, the SEAL contract. When I came in initially to the delayed entry program, it started out where SO was not its own rating or like MOS, right, for, for other branches. Uh, can, so you, you can you explain to, to our audience what SO is? SO is Special Operator. So yeah, SEAL, Sea, Air, Land, Commando is what SEAL actually stands for. So then, yeah, I forget sometimes doing these. Uh, yeah, a lot of civilians get, tune in. <laughs> right, right, right. So you got to, kind of, you know, instead of just acronym, acronyming people to, to death, you got to, you got to. Military loves to do, my brother. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, my wife will hit me on some of that. And she's like, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, we'll um, initially I was going to come in as a corpsman. I figured that, hey, that'd be a great kind of, you know, uh, feather in the cap, so to speak, to bring into to the teams. And then just prior to leaving for boot camp, it actually became its own contract. So I got into stellar shape for that, for the, for the PST, the physical standard test, and did that, gotten actually worse shape in boot camp. Uh, I've heard division, that. Yeah, the division I was a part of, it was all Naval Special Warfare candidates, so NSW. Uh, so that's all the guys that are doing diver, uh, EOD, the explosive ordnance disposal, uh, the SWIC, the special um, uh, weapons combat crewmen, like the boat drivers that you Oops, see, like yeah. yeah, either out on the ocean or drifting around riverbanks, like just crazy swamp people. Uh, <laughs> those guys are yeah, they're awesome, um, awesome dudes. So we had all the candidates, and then of course the guys that were going seal for our unit. So, I mean, we even had like extra PTs in the morning and all of us ended up out of shape. <laughs> like, you know, everyone showed up, we're like, yeah. And then we got, we graduated, we're like, oh, what is this? You know, like, <laughs> a little pouch. A little, a, little, a little squishy here. Um, so after that, then you end up going, they started a program in Great Lakes. You just kind of go across the street from the basic training command over to uh, kind of like the, the regular where they have all the other like specialty schools for guys that are going to be learning their trades for the Navy. And all you do is pretty much eat, sleep and work out there. They had fantastic coaches and we actually got back into shape then uh, before going out to Coronado to start. But that's a so. beautiful life, man. Eat, sleep and work out, bro. Yeah, I tell people there's nothing more simple. I mean, it is the best way to live, dude. especially when you're yeah. a young man. It's like, that's all I got to do. All right, cool. Getting paid yeah. to work out, man. Exactly. Yeah. It, I mean, really didn't have much to, to worry about there. So ended up getting out to, to Coronado originally started with class two, seven, two. Um, and and got this about, was a, what year was this? 2008, 2009? Still, sit, still sitting in 2008. Yeah. Like I said, I joined right at uh, January, 2008. So ended up uh, out around April or so by the time, you know, two months or so of boot camp two months or so of uh, the prep course and then getting into actual uh, like there's like the prep part and then they have in dock and then you start first phase where then it's, it's game on. So I was about two weeks in the first phase. We're doing pool stuff, doing good. I'm down at the bottom of the pool and I go to Val Salva and, you know, clear my ears. I'm like, Oh, weird. I was like, that was a weird pop. And I kind of looked, I could see bubbles coming out of my ear when I was oh, blowing. And I was like, huh, 
the rest of the day we were doing uh rock portage so you take your little inflatable boats and you go and try and land them up on the rocks and you're doing all that craziness and i was like man i can't hear anything <laughs> well the next morning i woke up and my pillow is just disgusting i'm like Ooh, I was oh like, i bet wow. i got a bad ear infection end up going to the you know to to medical which is a terrible place you never want to go there when you're buds because usually what happens is you end up you know rolled or dropped mm -hmm. or something because oh hey this is broke or whatever uh luckily i guess uh, i had blown out like 50 percent of my right eardrum <laughs> and uh Ooh. they had yeah they, they had some med students in there because who better to look at for <laughs> just any kind of weird and craziness than, than some kids going through buds right yeah and uh you know so the doc's looking in there and he's like oh okay he's like hey he's like can they take a look at this i'm like whatever sure and uh so they take a look in there and they're like oh i'm like okay can somebody let me in on this like what's what's going on and uh, they're like, well, you blew out like 50% of your eardrum. So like, we're gonna have to roll you because you can't go in the water. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. So I, you know, got rolled back in class, started up again. How long, how, then, how far, were, how far into your training were you when that happened? Uh, so like I said, that was like the second week of first phase. So I had okay, already- Not horrible gone, then, not, not awful. Not, yeah. not terrible. Cause you had like three weeks of indoc, and then you had like two weeks of first phase. And then uh, you, so first phase you go, and then on the, man, I'm so far removed from this now. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the, the third or fourth week of first phase, you you start hell week. So it wasn't so bad where you, I had like already started hell week hell or something week, like yeah. that. It's like, all right, like, you know, I hadn't gone through too much. It's just gonna have to go back through all that crazy, you know. Yeah. You know, I, can we, do you swear on here? Oh, I, absolutely! Like, you uh, go for it, bro. Oh, I was like, just, <laughs> just, just, you know, like, like the fuck, fuck games, right? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh, we all know just, about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you know, here's your barracks inspection. Here's this. Oh, you failed. Go, go, jump in the ocean. Get sandy. Ruin all your stuff. <laughs> so that way, you know, next week it's going to be just you know even worse because now you have to get everything totally cleaned and you know reset. So. All right. Did you serve with uh, any uh, noticeable or whether well-known seals uh, in your class? Um, I mean, going through like trying to think of like what guys did now, and I mean, it's our class. We st we had a, a big class starting out, um, and then it it trickles down. Guys get rolled, everything like that. I mean, as far as noticeable, I mean. Okay, they weren't in my class, but this is kind of a funny, funny fact. So the the movie that came out years ago, Act of Valor, right? And they oh, had yeah. like the act, the active duty actual seals. All of those guys, uh, they were all like my first phase uh, cadre. So oh, like all of my first, <laughs> like a, a a funny, a funny <laughs> part because you know. We're sitting there. Of course, you got to go see it. And we're like, oh wait, I remember him. Like he did, he did this to me. You know, he kicked me down the down the berm, and you know, did this. So, you know, those guys were doing that. Um, one of the guys that ended up graduating with, uh, 
why I don't know why I can't think of his last name right. Um, oh, Gum, Jeff Gum. So he's the 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 founder and CEO of Sungas, like the little silky shorts that they do. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like the Ranger panties, Ranger and like panties, bikinis. yeah, yeah. And, and stuff like that. Sunga. Um, so I mean, there he's got that, and a couple other guys have gone on uh, to do some like some really good stuff uh, for themselves. Mainly, no one like a big book deal or anything like that that I can do. You, can think do you have of. a book yet? Do you have a book yet? <laughs> no, I guess I'm not. I'm not a real. Not a real there. I'll uh, tell you what, man. I, people give sales a lot of crap for writing the books, but I guess I'm, I'm a combat vet. You know, I wrote a book, yeah. but dude, I'm telling you, them are some of the most inspirational books. The last seal book I read was a story. I believe it was Adam Brown. This guy, okay, yeah. Yeah. oh my God, dude. I mean, what an amazing story. That just tells you how amazing Navy SEALs are. The fact that this guy was literally a crackhead, had hooked on drugs and was able to power through that and become just an absolute total badass and then gave his life up on the battlefield in Afghanistan for his buddies. I'm just like, man, what an amazing story. And it's one of those stories people don't know the name, Adam Brown. I'm like, bro, you gotta read. you got to read the book. And I'm like, oh, yeah. these are the people that make America great, guys like you, you know. And I tell people, man, like this, there's something special about SEALs. I freaking, you guys are awesome. Everybody knows you guys are awesome. I mean, you guys, oh, no, we're just a couple. I'm like, no, no, SEALs are pretty freaking, pretty spectacular, man. So how does it feel when you graduate buds that you are now amongst this small group of elite warriors in the world, man? What goes through your mind? And I'm sure you probably looked at your dad like, I'm better than you. <laughs> oh no! So, <laughs> everyone, always, everyone always gives me that too. They're like, "So was your dad like mad when you like went 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 that route?" I was like, "Dude, I could have been a trash man, and my dad, my pops would have been proud of me. He would have been like, dude, just go be the best trash man you can be.'" There you go. Um, but like, no, it was cool because like, one well, of the thing is, you say, "Okay, you graduate buds." Well, then you got SQT. So the entire training pipeline, because uh, from when you. St- get to buds that's six months if you go straight through and you're doing everything right you don't get rolled that's six months so you know getting rolled back a little bit you know okay that's eight you know some guys spend like a year plus there because you know they break something um but then you go into sut which but buds for the breakdown which it stands for basic underwater demolition school all right getting getting the the civilians kind of up 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 to speed on that (laughs) Um, so first phase, first phase is essentially just a selection and a big, just kick in the nuts. You're, that's where you're doing all your log PT. You run around with boats on heads. There's really, you're doing timed evolutions, four mile time beach runs, two mile ocean swims, the obstacle course, everything like that. And you're just kind of getting your shit pushed in. You go through hell week, you know, you're going through just couple hours of sleep across the five days you get like two nap breaks for like three hours and two hours you're falling asleep like it's it's looking back you're like man that shit was funny uh it's it's crazy how you look back at it isn't it yeah like you're like it sucked (laughs) but like there was some funny stuff you know like at one point i'm sitting there sleeping like standing up and i just like raise my hand and the instructor's like what do you want uh like just like snapped out of it it's like oh shit he's like he's like were you sleeping i was like uh he's like when sandy go and i'm like shit fuck um 
So, you know, the whole crew goes, but, and then people get pissed, you know, but then the next thing, you know, like they're doing the same exact thing. Cause you're on, <laughs> you're on day three and everyone's just loopy. And, but when you look behind the curtain, it's so it's, it's orchestrated mad madness. Like I got, I had a buddy who was a first phase instructor. I ended up going back. I was in San Diego for like another training course. And they were like, Hey, yeah, we got, you know, hell week going. I'm like, dude, can I come watch breakout? He's like, yeah, absolutely. So I'm sitting up, like I'm sitting up top with like the CEO, the CMC of Buds, and like a couple of the other guys, and we're like hanging out. I got my coffee, and that's like, all right, it's game time. Like, let's watch, and you know, just seeing everyone get, you know, sprayed with the hoses. You know, they had the, you know, machine guns going with the blanks, the artillery simulators, and you're just like, man, <laughs> okay, like seeing it from the other side. A lot but, more fun, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit different. Like I said, warm, dry, nice little drink, and not going go and being knowing that you got five more days of this. Um, so, yeah, but, like, so you go through, you do SQT, you do all your training for that. You're doing your close-quarter combat. You're doing your diving, your land warfare. Uh, you get go to the jump school, get your free-for-all qual, and you're doing all that. And then you show up at your team. <laughs> And you're a new guy. So you're at the bottom of That's like, a whole nother monster right there. <laughs> yeah. So you go and it's it's hey, good job. You've just passed that. You got your bird. Sit down. You're in the back of the bus. Like you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Like and you're going through a whole new world of, you know, fuck fuck games. And you're like, ah oh, man. But it's all good. So it's a rite of passage, um, you know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, so when we when we were getting it to the end of, of our training pipeline, they they kind of ask you, hey, do you want to either go to the 18 Delta course, which is like the Met, the, the special forces medic course, or do you want to go to a West Coast team or an East Coast team? And we're kind of like, well, what's the difference? And the advice that we were given, or I guess the the breakdown you, you could say is if you want to surf and be in movies go to a west coast team <laughs> if you want to work and do your job you go to the east coast so naturally i'm like oh, well, i well i didn't just do this to go get a tan and you know surf so i went to the east coast so i ended up checking into to seal team four and that was uh about october graduated somewhere in like the fall uh of like 2009 2010 and those teams are so, all out of Virginia, correct? So, yeah, you got the, the kind of the breakdown there. And you kind of got the West Coast teams are like the odd numbers. And then you got the East Coast team are like the even numbered teams. Okay. So, and it's just how they break it down. There's not like a, a hierarchy like, oh, you know, team one is better than team two or anything like that. It's just left, right, east, west. That's how they odds and evens. Um, so we immediately started doing all of our training workup. And that's where when, you know, they throw these big bonuses out for, for getting guys to go uh, into special warfare and everything, you know, like, Hey, $40,000 bonus. Right. Well, the trick is they actually put a two year extension on there. So you're getting set up, oh. right? Yeah. So you're getting, you know, you don't just set up for a four year enlistment. You're automatically booked for six. Because they want to make sure they they get, get their money's worth, man. Yeah. Well, because they're gonna put 
at least a year and a half, two years into you before you even get to your team and actually deploy. So, you know, we go and do that. Um, so first deployment was to Afghanistan. I was in Southeast Afghanistan. Uh, we were doing, uh, so I was at, out at uh, Fob Nabahar is what it was called. And uh, we were doing, at the end of it, it turned into the, the VSO, the village uh, stability operations that were going on. So we just had, I mean, when we got out there, it was just the, the HESCO barriers, like the, which are those. Nothing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's chicken wire fencing stuff with some burlap <laughs> and you fill it up with dirt. Boom. You got a wall. Uh, Man. So that was, that's what we had. And uh, that was what, I mean, 2010, 20, yep, 2000, 2010. And uh, so we got out there, did that. And, you know, it was, it was pretty good right off the bat turnover up. We had our sister platoon, uh, they had a helo crash, you know, all but like one of the guys died on that. So it was kind of like yeah. that wake up call to, holy shit, man, this is real. <laughs> like, you know, getting woke up at, you know, middle of the night pretty much and going, hey, there's a bird down, grab your shit, like get ready. Because we were their, their QRF, their quick reaction force, <laughs> if they needed us. So we're like, okay. And so they got everything, you know, taken care of there. We ended up not going out for that. Um, like I said, they had everything, everything handled, but it was just that kind of that, that just sucker punch to the gut, man, of just, it's real. Everything that you just got ready for, boom, right on turnover. It's there. So we go through, uh, it was kind of a, a crazy deployment, uh, overall, just because, we were out and it was so remote and you know, we're the things we were doing where we're rolling around in the little side-by-side -side ATVs, just doing that. And you're like, man, if this thing like hits an IED, it's a wrap. like it's gone. <laughs> but like, so, you know, we try and mitigate that by, you know, not taking roads and using the the you know the vehicles to our advantage and going where places it's going to be more difficult for them to put something um but so we go and we do that and i mean there's a lot of things i mean we could probably do a whole <laughs> episode just breaking down that stuff but as far as kind of just doing a blanket statement and please dex if you got you know specific questions or anything like that that you feel like you're your your viewers would want to know oh, oh, yeah. more. I'm just man, I'm just letting you flow, bro. Because I mean, it's <laughs> it's amazing, man. Let me let me ask you. So, as a yeah. brand new Navy SEAL, a new guy on a first deployment, yeah. What's your first thought when you got off that plane in Afghanistan? Because I remember my first thought when I went to Iraq and I got on that plane and left overseas. My first thought was, "Oh my God, I hope I don't mess up." That was all I cared about. Concern was, man, I want to do my job and do it well. I don't want to let these guys down. And not because I know oh, yeah. that the standards are so high in the SEAL community and now especially overseas on combat deployments, man. What's what's in your mind, you know, coming there with these guys? And then you're probably with guys that have been to Afghanistan by this time six, seven, eight times, man. What's going yeah. through your mind? So, yeah, we had like we had a handful of guys that, you know, had been a, a lot of them were doing Iraq prior to that. Uh, because there, at that point, there was a split where West Coast was handling Afghanistan and East Coast was kind of covering down on, on Iraq because it was kind of that in between. They had both, 
both fronts sort of going. And so we had a couple guys that had done Iraq, a few guys that had done like, you know, both. And, but yeah, getting on, on the ground at Kandahar and you're just like, all right. And you just got your stuff and you're like, well, now what? Like we're here. It's like, well, now we got to wait for a helicopter and then we can fly you out to here and do this. And you're like, all right, you know, the hurry up and wait classic of the military. (laughs) So you're like, I'm here, I'm ready. And, you know, just kind of getting everything set up, but it was just kind of interesting, especially, like I said, uh, my, my older brother, he was, he, he was like one of the first into Afghanistan when it, it kicked off, he was in Iraq. So I had heard all these stories from him about some of these places and then to go ahead and see that I'm like, Oh, okay. I got it. That's what he was talking about. Um, so, you know, it's, it's eye-opening and yeah, you're, you don't want to mess up because it, it's driven into you during training. And if you messed up, you got hammered. And then now it's, Hey, if you mess up, it could be your life. It could be your buddies. Uh, so you're, you're really trying to be just on your a game at all times, which we all know is almost near impossible and absolutely takes a toll on you. So going through, then we end up getting out there. And for me, I had gone and as I had mentioned, I, got to the team right when we were starting our initial training block, which is ULT or unit level tactics. So that's where you're getting together and you're doing all your mobility, your driving blocks, you're doing your diving, you're doing your CQC, your close quarter combat. You're going through all these blocks again, making sure everyone's got the latest and greatest, you know, information coming back for tactics and procedures and everyone's getting on their A game and making sure they're, they're good to roll out the door. So I didn't really get a lot of, they have a, a block before that called, called ProDev or professional development, which is where you're getting all your individual schools. Like if you were to go to sniper school or breacher school, communications and all that. Yeah. Right. Cause everyone you like this, you're not just wearing this hat. Like, Oh, I'm a seal. Boom. I got it. No, you're, 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 you have like six other hats that you're throwing on. We like to say a Jack of all trades, master of none. Because a lot of jobs get done, man. And only a handful of guys to, to get that done with. So when we're out at our little, you know, outpost, we're, we got a couple of support people, but for the most part, you know, we're in there, we're building stuff. We were lucky enough to have like a group of CBs, like the Navy construction guys to help us out building stuff. Cause we had to build our houses, like our little bee hut, our hooches and stuff to live in and make sure stuff's like working we didn't have hot water running water for a long time so you're going and taking water bottles or baby wipe showers for a while oh, yeah. <laughs> you know your your uniform you can stand it up because it's just so crusty and <laughs> salt just so crusty and you're like all right well let me put this on and do a squat real quick crack it out okay good roll how, how long uh, were you on that deployment so that one we were so we were still looking at the six month model. So the teams generally have like a, a six six and uh like six it's broken up across eighteen months into like six month blocks. So like I said, you got that professional development, which you got about six months there, guys to get their their main qualifications, their main schools in. And then you got 
another six months of that unit level tactics, getting everybody together, kind of getting back on your, your, your horse and making sure everyone's jiving, doing good there. And then you got another six months uh, with kind of starting to bring in everybody that you're going to actually deploy with and, and getting a little bit more precise before you do that. And then you got another six month generally deployment. So at the end of that, all said and done, it was probably about seven, eight months. Uh, I ended up going back on like one of the first flights because my chief is like, we're sending you to JTAC. So joint terminal attack controller. So the, the, yeah. So the, the, the person that's responsible for coordinating with all the aircraft doing all that. Yep. That's a stressful job, bro. That just sounds awful. Cause I remember trying to do the call for fire in the army and I was like, bro, this is nah, this is, I'm going to kill us all, man. I'm, I'm going to let somebody else do this. <laughs> so, man, dude, so yeah, yeah <laughs> I uh, I got back. I had about six days from getting back stateside till I was back on an airplane going out to Nevada to go do, the, do that course. So man. just turning and burning. And, and that's, like I said, hey, you want to go work? That's where you went. And work I did. Uh, so... <laughs> Went, did that, did a, you know, got a bunch of schools in and we, we, we knew we were gearing back up. We were going back to Afghanistan. So we went, did that whole training pipeline. This time it's a little bit different. I got a platoon under my belt. I'm not the new guy. any Yeah. Not, not a new guy anymore. Yeah. I had made rank. So it's, it's a little bit different. It's like, okay, you know, I got a, a, I at least have an idea a little bit of what's expected, what I need to do and what we're getting into so we ended up deploying again again to the southeast in afghanistan and i was the primary jtac for that and what so year was, was this one did, when you went back so over? that would have been 2011. 2011 and how many deployments yeah. did you have total because you so did that, 10 that, years in the teams right yeah so to, overall i only had uh four deployments total so that's only. one thing <laughs> only <laughs> well i mean there's there you know there's guys in you know ranger bat and everything else where they go and they just they just recycle them you know they're back for a couple a couple months and then they're back out the door for for month you know like a a year come back for a couple months that is one thing with the with the teams they had that breakdown of your back now you go into this this pipeline so unless you're going into something where you're augmenting and assisting like another team that needs like a special, like a qualification that you have and they can't fill it anywhere else. Sometimes guys would do that. And, you know, there'd be a little bit more turnover on, on deployments there. But for the most part, it's still, you've got that year and a half before you're back out the door. So that's where a lot of that time gets kind of going. It's like, yeah, 10 years for deployments, but it's still during that second workup cycle, uh, I mean, it was, like I said, I had six days from when I got back from my first deployment before I was heading out to my first school to start to start training again. So doing that second deployment, like I said, we're doing that. I'm primary JTAC. So luckily that got me out the door on just about every op because you had to have a JTAC in case you had to call fire, in case you had to call medevac anything like that you had to have one of those guys out on the op and me being me i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna 
own this and I'm going to do the best I possibly can at it. So we had a couple other guys that were JTACs and like, sometimes they go mainly, I would say if it was like, all right, Hey, you need to be down for a little bit or, Hey, we, we really need you over here. It's like, all right, sounds good. So we'd go about it, about it that way. And that's the one that, uh, for the, the swim that I'm doing January 14th up in Tampa for the 15th annual Tampa Bay Frogman swim, Matthew Cantor, which we just had a call because it was on November 1st was, was the anniversary and it had been, uh, it, I mean, it's over 10 years now, like th- thinking back now, it's like, holy, like time, time goes by. It really does, um, man. It flies, dude. It, it does. And that's, what we've started doing and one of the guys, he was actually the, the J.O., the junior officer that was on that op with us. So we were out doing a patrol and I was JTAC. I had the, the junior officer who was the ground force commander, the GFC. We had a couple army civil affairs guys with us. Uh, I had another one of my new guys who he was uh, rocking the, the A-dub and, and what's comms. the A-dub? Oh, sorry, the automatic weapons guy. So, okay, uh, the like the Mark Forty Eight squad. Yeah, Mark Forty Eight like saw M, or M, yeah M sixty the saw like running into your A-dub. So, uh, we were in the back element, and I was with Matt. You know, we were like the last two guys going down this this wadi, which is like a dried up riverbed, and we're sitting there, and you know he's scoping somebody i'm like dude what's up and he's like well there are guys over there man i was like okay well like what are they doing he's like they're standing there i'm like okay are they like what do you got on them like guns glass icom you know the uh, walkie-talkie like anything and he's like no they're just sitting there just looking over here i'm like okay so we go down and then we come back up on the other side and the rest of the element because we're in a what's called a diamond formation so it's kind of like broke up like yeah. Your your little four fire teams in a diamond. So you got like a fire team up in the front. You got one on kind of left, right, and then we were that that rear element bringing up the the tail. And as soon as we got up on that other side, and it was just flat open farmland, and just a PKM, which is a, a uh, another belt fed automatic weapon system that's real favored with. Uh, you know, it's a, seven, it's a seven six two millimeter, right? On that one, the PKM, yep. right? Yep. It's it, it's uh, their version of R two forty, the uh, the American machine gun. It's literally yeah. their version of, it. and that thing's that, and them things are. They'll they tear work, you up. They, yeah. Yeah. So we got up on that side, and right away, you know, we got rounds cracking. I'm like motherfucker, like just sitting there because I'm I got nothing. Like I don't have a rock, a divot. Yeah, stuck push, out in the open. Just. And so we're sitting there and I hear Matt and he goes down and our, we had the, like I said, the army civil affairs guys with us. And to this day, they are phenomenal. They're not, they're not, you know, special forces. They're not nothing. They go out there to do civil affairs. Hey, can we help you with your well? Hey, you know, what about this? And the, the team we had was phenomenal. So those guys, Sorry, I, 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 the my screen moved and I was like, I didn't. Yep, no, no, you're fine, brother. I'm trying good. to right. pull it up here for the people to see this, this uh, awesome. hero right here, man. 
Yeah. So that that's Matt. And, um, so the guy, the army civil affairs guy, they had their own medic. Uh, we called him fat Mike and he called himself fat Mike. And I mean, total disregard. <laughs> he just fucking sprinted, you know, and he just starts working on Matt and then their, their Lieutenant comes running over and he grabs the, the, the A-dub that Matt had and just picks it up and starts ripping. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like they got him. So I'm sitting, I'm on comms, I'm calling stuff out. I'm shooting back, trying to, to get them into that. And all of a sudden there just a, a explosion goes not like 30, 30 feet or so from us. I'm like, shit, dude, they got like mortars now, or they're launching, uh, you know, they're a coordinated attack. Well, it turned out it was the other new guy sitting right next to me. He had the 40 mic mic, the grenade launcher, and he just he dumped it short. And so I looked over at him. I'm like, dude, take that sucker. I was like, see the tree line, see the building wall. I was like, they're poking right over there. And so we're sitting there. You know, the other elements are moving, doing everything they can there. So I get with the chief and he kind of takes over the assault. And I go over and get with our, our junior officer and start working the, the, the medevac piece with him. So we go and we get that all all cleaned up. I ended up getting uh, some of the Kiowas in, the attack helicopters, and just laid waste to, to the tree line <laughs> and got rid of that. Uh, where, was, uh, where was Matt hit at, if you don't mind me asking? So he ended up going uh, in the plate. How best guess? Uh, he ended up taking it right through the back, and it it severed um, like the major artery that kind of runs right up up your middle there. Yeah. Uh, like through, and because what happened is it came up just under his his plate, the, like the back plate of his came right up under there, and then it got stuck in his front plate. So it was one of those things that, I mean, it was pretty quick. Like when we're calling for them, uh, for medevac and I'm talking with, with, with medevac and giving them the update and the guys, you know, we had got Matt moved, got him to cover, suppress, you know, suppress the, the threat work that cleared that. And, you know, it was just one of those things where, you know, it was, it was an, an expectant. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we cleaned all that, went going, had our, how old was uh, he? he was, he was only a couple of years younger than me. Um, and this was his first deployment. This was, this was his first. So him and then, uh, the other guy that I was talking about with the, and I apologize about this cause this is still one of my, like, really, uh, like this, this, this hits my very soul and my core. Hey, it's all good, brother. And, all uh, good, man. So we're working that. Um, and so Matt and then the other Kinston was the other guy. He was a new guy as well. And they worked the, the communications department. So all the radios, making sure everyone's radios were programmed, had, had the right, uh, you know, channels and frequencies and everything like that in it. So we spent a lot of time together and I, you know, took a lot of, time you know working with these guys so it was it was a hard one on that and 
working and that was again pretty early on we deployed in september and that was in november so went through did that um that deployment we had some other losses as well from another one of our platoons from team four uh right. as well as well as our our commanding officer uh who uh took his own life on deployment oh man so that's, oh, that's horrible it was man. that's a was, crush to the hard. that's a crush to the morale dude the commanding it, it officer, was one of those things it was it was one of those things that you know we we all kind of it was heavy um I, that's that's really the only way that I can I can sum yeah. that up is that 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 was that was a heavy one for us. That's dark. That's uh, dark, man. That that'll, yeah. that cuts deep when your commander, the guy that's supposed to be keeping the troops uplifted and leading, decides yeah. to you know make an exit like that. That's yeah. That'll stick so with you, man. So Matt, you know Matt was the the first Nove November, and then uh, we had another guy, like I said, uh, Kevin Ebert. He was with one of the other the other troops from Team Four, and they were doing like the commando mission work with working with the Afghan commando units. Uh, they ended up getting into a to a gunfight, and he ended up taking around and and getting killed as well. And then uh, our our CEO ended up taking his own life, and that was just before Christmas. So in November December that was a lot for for the team as a whole we we ended up getting another uh co to come fill in and how deep were you into that deployment so that one so that at that point we had switched over to doing eight month deployments for the for the cycles <laughs> instead of the six so like that one again we deployed in september so matt first of november and then Kevin end of November, and then uh, Commander Price right before Christmas. So I mean, this we is were, all on the front end of the deployment, man. That makes it, for a yeah. long four months to go. Exactly. Well, Dude. and everyone then at that point gets real risk adverse. Everyone, no one wants to do anything else. Uh, at one point, we were all our resupply pretty much was getting airdropped in. So I'd be out there. And somebody in their infinite wisdom decided that, hey, let's not do this at night anymore. Let's let's drop your stuff during the daytime, right? Because let's have a let's have a big old aircraft kick out a bunch of pallets, and you guys can collect that shit in broad it's, daylight. Yeah, scatter like, to the wind. Oh no. Yeah, we're like, oh, that sounds great. So we ended up getting into you know a, a contact while we were trying to trying to do that, and for that one ended up getting some aircraft uh got some helos and then ended up getting some fast movers too and i mean we were out there i'm in like cut off you know shorts and my boots and we're in our little side by sides and we got dudes you know we're just trying to get water food our, you know, our, our fuel like our basic things and these <laughs> these guys just start cracking off and we end up going and I was working with the the Hilo pilots, which they it's it's the classic. They know the enemy knows how much time, give or take, they have. Hey, we can take shots at you for about two or three minutes. Then we got to beat feet because you're going to end up getting the aircraft on station, and then then we're screwed. 
So they head out. Well, they made the mistake of shooting at the helos on their way out. Oh, helos returned fire, chased them down, <laughs> got them coordinated. And it was a point. I, I draw out this story because it was a point for me where it, it, it made me kind of start questioning things because they had the people that shot at us, took off on their motorcycles, shot at the helos. Helos chased them down into a, a Carez hole, which is like a, the Carez system is how they would like move water, right? Kind of almost like a well for, for the viewers that aren't familiar with it. So they had kind of, chased them down there they ended up going and working with the f-16s the fast movers i had the video feed i mean it was every check in the block that you had to check to to drop a bomb it was checked but since it was they're like hey that's like 40k away from you so we're not gonna we're not gonna you know put our name on that bomb wow so like if the helos want to do something about it, that's cool. But, you know, we're not going to sign off on that. And like I said, that's one of those things that it kind of, it made me really question things and go, what the hell am I doing here? If You know, these dudes that just shot at me, yeah, they ran away, but they were still armed. They, they shot at the helos. And they can go kill I mean, somebody else later. Yeah, exactly. So the helos ended up taking care of it. And, they had a, a unit actually go out then and do boots on ground uh, BDA or battle damage assessment, which again, that's one of those things. Che- checking the block. You're going to have guys actually go after you drop on that location and confirm, yep, hey, what bad guys with guns. Here's this. Here's who they are. <laughs> and even with that, they're like, nope, not going to do it. Well, the helos end up getting it done. And it ended up that one of the individuals that, that they, they, they killed was the like co- Taliban commander who was claiming credit for the ambush on our unit that killed Matt. Wow. Talk about so justice, again, it, man. And, and that's one of those things I'm like, <laughs> I'm so glad that they, they got it. And they, they having that relationship with the helos, because I, I would talk with them constantly. Anytime they'd be in our area, they'd be calling me up and, you know, hey, what do you got? What are you dealing with? Where are you guys at? I had I had made personal relationships with a lot of the aircraft that we were working with. And it paid off huge in a lot of cases. You know, having down vehicles and, you know, having the, the Apaches just rotating like, hey, yeah. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to send this guy back. He's going to get fuel. He's he's going to come back. I'm going to get fuel, and then we'll both be back. And, you know, we're sitting there working on a vehicle in a really vulnerable spot. But yeah. we had those guys just doing work for us. And they're like, don't they have to go somewhere else? I'm like, no, dude, they're here for us. They're sticking like, with you, man. Yeah. So and, let, me, let me ask you, brother, since, yeah. man – so when that happened, you realized you couldn't get that bomb drop. Was that kind of the, towards where the point in your career where you were thinking about maybe it's time to get out and transition and do something else? Not, no, it not so much that Dex more of more of the, like, what are we doing here? Like if, if, if we're here right now and 
like what why why are we here like because at this point the roes the rules of engagement have already been just scaled right just choked out to a, a point where hey are you sure he's shooting at you or is he shooting at the rock at your foot it's like no no he's shooting at me and it doesn't matter like i have like i hear snaps going past my head right now like somebody is trying to kill me and it's like okay well maybe you could just tell him to stop and it's like what are we oh, doing God, man. you know like what you're are trying we doing? to be a so, warrior and they're trying to teach you to go hug the enemy and that's why i tell it, people about that's my issue with politics today like bro in war like if we're going to war let's go to war kind of like with israel right now they're like no we're going to war we're going to war bro like they're going all in and all out bro like you either we're here to win or we're not like there is no yeah. other option besides victory man yeah you know and I'm, and and I'm sure you saw that closer towards the time because you just got out when did you get out of what about a year ago no, so I've been out since 2018. So after oh, that 2018 deployment, a little bit longer. Yeah. Okay. So after after that deployment, I mean, that one ended up being like nine, almost ten months, because with me being the primary JTAC, I was one of the first got on like the first bird over there, so I could do turnover with the team that was there, and then I was one of the last guys out because I had to do the same thing with my counterpart that was coming in with Team Ten to make sure, hey. This is how we're running stuff. This is what we're seeing here. Here's how you got this. I got relationships with these guys. You know, these guys are here and getting them up to speed so they can have a successful deployment or as, as much as, uh, you know, a head start as possible. So that one ended up being roughly nine, 10 months um, for that one. And then coming back from that right up into the fire again and doing a bunch of, you know, crazy long courses there. And all the way up until deployment again, which that one I ended up deploying to to South America, and we were just a little better, a little different, little way different, way different. I mean, you're living out living out of a hotel in 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 Colombia and working with a, a a really professional unit, and you're working counter narcotics and doing more of just like an advise and training role than actually going out and doing anything. That's awesome. So yeah, a whole different experience for you, man. So it's, so it's awesome that man, you from the age of five, you wanted to be a Navy SEAL and now you get this amazing career that you get to do for 10 years. Was it your choice to get out or was it, cause I know you got a medical, well, you got a full medical retirement, right? Yep. So yeah, not definitely not my choice (laughs) on it. Um, So after, after that deployment, so all that was with SEAL Team 4, and then I uh, ended up going because I had some certain qualifications that I felt could be better used at, like, another command. So I ended up going over there and working that piece, and for that one, we were in Africa, and it was one of those things that, again, kind of making me feel like, what are we doing here, right? Uh, I'm sitting here, and... You know, we're in we're in Western Africa. Uh, I'm not exactly the same complexion <laughs> as the as the <laughs> I individuals didn't notice West, that <laughs> as the, the individuals in West Africa. Um, I don't speak French. You know, we we we. That's about it. And then you know, I'm not speaking tribal dialects or anything like that. So it was just one of those things where 
you know, I'm not blending into that, you know? And so we ended up doing that. And after that, well, backing up just a minute. So I had met my wife, uh, during the workup for my third, uh, platoon with SEAL team four, had met her, her brother was, uh, NSW, Naval Special Warfare, EOD, Explosive Ordnance Disposal, okay, so all of that. Um, he was getting ready to deploy, uh, and we just kind of randomly by chance, like, so my brother-in-law now, you know, my sister-in-law, um, you know, she's like, Hey, my boyfriend's deploying. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll come out, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then Kaylee comes walking in with one of her friends. Kaylee's my wife. And, you know, just the rest is kind of history type thing. Um, but so she had kind of encouraged, we went to like a, like a pre-deployment night and they had like the command, uh, command psychologist there. And he was a phenomenal individual, just amazing human and when he spoke it was really it was really impactful yeah. and my wife she looked at she we're sitting at the table there at the dinner and she looks over at me and she goes you need to go talk to him i go mm. okay better listen <laughs> and, yeah and i'm really glad i did because so i started kind of unpacking some of that um once i once I was at that, that last command, cause that he, that's where he was the, the, the command psychologist for. And he laid it out and had a big whiteboard and starts, all right, here you are here. Here's when you're born. Okay. This happened to you here. This happened to you here. Now, do you see how this makes you respond this way? And then this makes you not trust anyone here because of this, 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 and just how he laid it out. It really painted that picture of, oh, it makes sense. Mm. and so i started working with him on that a little bit which now that kind of gets you into a whole nother thing of it's really tricky especially within special forces of, of any kind that if you start talking to a psych it's it, it's super taboo yeah man it's a pretty much the end of the career almost right and i've talked to guys now uh guys that were you know, they were new guys with me on that deployment. Uh, my, like my second deployment to Afghanistan, you know, guys that were new guys, uh, you know, when I'm on my third deployment, stuff like that. And now they're chiefs, they're, you know, <laughs> command master chiefs, stuff like that. And it's the same thing. And it's disheartening because it's their, their reasoning. One of the guys, his reasoning on it was, well, Hey, he's going to get pulled. He would get pulled out of rotation. If you go, you start talking to the psych about your combat traumas. He's going to get pulled out of rotation because he's not good. And I looked at him and I said, well, Hey, isn't it better that he goes and, get and fixed? He talks to somebody and works on it as opposed to not. And then breaking while you're in on, de on a deployment while you're in the midst of a gunfight. Like what, what's, what's worse on that? An individual that goes and starts doing something, you go to medical because you, you, you jack up your knee. No one, oh, hey, hey, get yourself over to physical therapy. Here's this, here's that. They give you the tools and resources to, to mend that. But as soon as you start talking the, the, the mental aspect on it, that's when it starts getting, ooh, no, uh-uh, not that's good a, to yeah, go. That's a no-no, man. Right. I mean, that tells you, it tells you something when you have a Navy SEAL like 
Mike Day. I read his book not long ago. I believe he was shot. Yeah. My God, 20, I forgot how many times. 27 times? Yeah, 27 times. And this man went through so much and overcame all this. And then yep. I heard last year, I think it was earlier this year or late last year, he kills himself. Yep. And I'm like, dude, if you yep. have a Navy SEAL, the, the baddest of all badasses, can't yeah. having that trouble transitioning. There's a yep. problem and things got to change, man. But that's why I say, you know, we have to find our own healing. And when I look at what you're trying to do for the Navy SEAL Foundation, I look at this possibly as you, is this, I guess, kind of your healing, what you're trying to do with the swim? If you could yeah. explain that to the people. Yeah. So, and a little bit of the Navy SEAL Foundation and what they do. Yeah, absolutely, Dex. So that's that's where to, to kind of wrap up, like you said, it, you know, was not my choice or or not to get out? You know, I had talked about, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. With this, what ended up happening is it, it was completely removed from me. And, you know, I was put into a med board and, you know, they did uh, an evaluation, everything like that. And, hey, you are no longer fit for service. Okay. Your, your back's messed up. You got TB, you got a TBI, traumatic brain injury. Uh, you have PTSD. Uh, and... So that, that, that choice was then taken. Okay. Well, now I'm done with it. Right. And, and going through it and it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of help. It was kind of one of those things, Hey, you're broke. I can't use you anymore. Throw you away. Go, go do this. Right. Go over here, you know, stay out of the way, go get yourself help. Sure. But that's about it. Right. So through that, then I become a, a, a really big advocate, especially for veterans, making sure guys that are getting injured, guys that are getting ready to get out, anything like that, there, there's so many resources out there. So making sure that they have those. And one of those is the Navy SEAL Foundation. They are by far, they've helped me out. They've helped my family out. They've helped a lot of my buddies out from you know transitioning out of the of the teams and trying to start something new be it go to school start a business um they have so many connections that they they can help get you linked up so you can be successful outside of the of, of naval special warfare outside of the seal teams so they're they're an incredible foundation 93 cents to the dollar of all donations goes back to the nsw families back that to is the, incredible the, the people because we know what happened yep. with things like the Wounded Warrior Project, where it was like something awful. Like, I mean, like 80% of the money was going to these executives. Right. And that's why I was like, I wanted to have you on because I was like, I, I've heard nothing but good things about the SEAL Foundation and that the money yep. actually goes to helping the people that need help. Exactly. And that's that's the thing, Dex. Like, they are an incredible organization. And that's where going through, you know, and I've I've continued then working on a lot of you know just a decade of pedal to the to the floor going that third workup cycle for me uh at one point because in that two-year block of going to schools working with your your platoon working with all the other guys and then a six-month deployment they only allow you 480 days to be gone to be tdy temporary duty and they had me counting up. They're like, okay, so how many days do you actually have gone? Because we need you to have that full 180 for, for deployment available. 
and I was at like 370 something or sorry, 470 something for that two. So over half of that time for that workup, I was on the road Man, and I had a house. I was, but you weren't hardly in it. Ever, hardly <laughs> ever in it. Yeah. You know, I come back, be there for a week or two and then bounce out again, be somewhere else for a month, for two weeks, three weeks. And so that's where I've really stepped in a lot of this with the advocacy. And that's where I'm, I'm really happy. I'm able to, to get on here and speak as well. And I've done this a lot with other, other, you know, podcast hosts and just individuals in general to try and get that out there and, and break that stigma of the, like the mental health. Like I said, you go and you, you jack up your knee, you go to the physical therapist, right? They, and there's no, there's no, they're like, Oh man, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, you're doing PT. That's awesome. Like we got to get you back in here. But as soon as you start ta talking about the neck up, it, it, it's, it, it's frowned on. It's not talked yeah. about. It's like, well, Hey, yeah, if you need to go do your thing, man. And it's, it's so messed up because coming back from that deployment from Afghanistan, the, and this is a, again, getting into sort of the politics of the military and where, again, I'm like, this is, this is wrong. You get back and you're in a hotel doing your, your, your decompression stop. So you're not just going back from war zone back to your bed. They make you stop at a, a third location for like two days, if that, and they give you some, some PowerPoint classes and everyone meets with a, with a, with a psych, right? Everyone meets with the psych, but literally the meeting with the psych is you sit down in the, in the hotel room with them and they're like, Hey, anything you want to talk about? And everyone's response generally, nope. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to delay me getting home. Yeah. And he goes, okay, well, if you do, you know, here's my office and you're like, yep, later I'm going to go, you know, drink or do whatever to numb myself and not deal with it. And I'm like, but Hey, check in the block. Everyone got, everyone met with a psych, right? So we're good. We're covered because no Liability. one said they wanted to talk. Exactly. So that's where I then I go, no, that system is broke. That is not acceptable. Because what should be happening is, okay, you get back, everyone will sit down. And even if you just sit in that office and stare at the psych for an hour, and you'd have to do that for four weeks after you get back, well, shit, maybe you get bored after the second day you're there and the, sitting there for 30 minutes going, well, I can sit here and stare at you some more. Or what's up, you know? Yeah. And, you know, something will, will, and it's hard, like it's hard, especially when I, towards the end, I played like musical, musical therapist, you could call it because oh, yeah. I'd have, I'd have somebody that would go, oh, well, Hey, I'm, 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 I'm changing stations or, you know, my duty changed or, well, I can't, I can't do this anymore because of this reason. So then you got to go and you got to tell all this stuff. You got to, you know, grab your little bag of demons and go, here's everything. Start all over again with the right. new person. And that, it's a horrible way to hurts. live. That hurts and it, it is hard. So like when you actually find somebody that's really an amazing provider, which the the commander who uh, I ended up going to a program out in, out in San Diego and it was the only program I, I ever went to. 
towards the end, I was at such a point that I was like, I'm done. Like I'm ready to just check out. I was ready to kill myself. Mm. And it, it ended up that, you know, my wife, she's like, I don't know what to do. So she ends up reaching out to my parents because she, she doesn't know what else to do. My oldest brother, like I said, he was army. He had a lot of problems with PTSD and he's doing a lot better now. He does a lot of work on it though. He works on it. It's definitely, it's a job, bro. It's a job. It's literally, it's rough. So he goes and, you know, my wife reaches out and reaches out to my dad and he's like, not again. Like I'm not, I'm not doing this again. (laughs) So he, he randomly Facebook messages the then four star general of SOCOM of special operations command, Raymond Thomas, which apparently they were back in Ranger Battalion together. <laughs> oh, wow. So they go back. They got history. They, yeah. So he goes, you know, my dad sends this thing. Hey, this is, you know, I'm worried about my son. He, you know, he, he needs some help. And he gets back to me and he's just like, yep, I remember you. I'm on it. The next day I had an opening at, at a, a program because before that they're like, Hey, we got nothing for you. You know, we don't have any programs for you. Uh, you know, there's no slots here. And then I get a call in the middle of the night because apparently what happened is four star called the two star called oh. the, you know, you know it, so it came from the top, top down Heads to, rolling, man. <laughs> and well, like I said, and then next thing I know, I got a spot to a program, which I needed desperately because it was the first time in my in my career that I was actually able to sit down and focus on working through the trauma, working through all the stuff that I had dealt with over you know the the decade of of going and training for war, yeah. preparing for war, being in war. And the the commander that I had there, she was a phenomenal human being. And I recently found out from a buddy of mine who I met there and like him and I are, are like, he is one of my, my closest people. He was a, a dog handler and we met, we call it crazy camp. We're like, yeah, no, we met at crazy camp and people look at us. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, what? Well, yeah, no. Well, he had, he had let me know that apparently uh, she was, she was like, she, the commander who ran the program and she was my therapist and she was amazing. Well, apparently she, she passed away in like a motorcycle accident, like oh, years, God, years man. back. And my buddy just told me this and it, it was like during, uh, is during the 4th of July this year, we were out in Colorado and we we're hanging out. We got our families together and him and I are just t- talking and catching up. And he told me, and it just hit me so hard because she had made such an impact on, wow. on, on my life. Like she was the one that recommended me for the med board. She's like, you could maybe you know power through this and do that she's like but i think she's like this is this is what you need and you know she wasn't malicious about it or anything like that it was it was a true sense of care and that's like where you need more we we need more people like that looking out for the service members we need actually, warriors to look out for warriors brother right that is absolutely take- they're going to listen to you more than anybody else man because right. you've and been there and you know the training and you know it, man. So but let me ask you before we get ready to roll yeah. up out here. Tell us about the swim that you got coming up to raise money. Okay. Okay. So for the foundation. Tampa Bay man. Frogman swim. 
is, like I said, the 15th annual Tampa Bay Frogman Swim, and it's hosted by the Navy SEAL Foundation. Now, they started this 15 years ago to start raising awareness for naval special warfare, for families, for the for everything like that. And the Navy SEAL Foundation, I already covered, 93 cents a dollar goes back to, to the operators, to their families. And the organization as a whole does so much for the community. So their goal for this swim is to raise a million dollars, right? Um, and for me, during the swim, they, they go and they give essentially like a, a, a fallen SEAL or fallen NSW member to every participant of the swim to kind of uh, dedicate and do it in honor of. And I was like, Matt, Matt's my boy. Like I'm doing that for him every year for the last couple of year. We've, we've been having uh, like a group zoom call with all the guys from that platoon with Matt's parents, his, his little brother, his younger sister. And, you know, we just kind of, we, we hang out and we talk and just reminisce about it. And that's yeah, his brother and sister there. And that picture he kind of got going. Um, go. And uh, so we'll, I'm, I'm doing the swim for that because the more that I can, I can help bring awareness to the foundation, especially such one such as this, that truly makes impacts because like I said, it's not just a, you know, where they, they do monetary do- donations. They have so many connections to get you set up for mental health, for physical health, your, you know, rehab, they have the ability to get guys. And I've seen it firsthand where they do this stuff and they're able to help guys out, which they would otherwise slip through the cracks. So that's where it's so important to me to, to do this. And that was one of those things we always did, you know, uh, you'd have a big command PT, and we'd go and we'd swim in the ocean. We had swims in Virginia Beach in the middle of, of fucking January, snow on the beach. Oh, and God. It's, it's <laughs> freezing cold. And you're all sitting there going, what the hell are we doing? And you got the CEO out there. He's like, get your asses in the water. Like, let's do this. And you're like, oh, you're, you are fucking crazy. So getting back to those frogman roots of doing the swim helping drive awareness for NSW as a whole, and also bringing it to an incredible organization such as the Navy SEAL Foundation. So that's where I'm, I'm going. Uh, the, the link is there. Uh, people are able to, to reach out if, you know, if anyone wants to donate. I mean, I, it would be greatly appreciated. 100% of donations uh, for the page that you got up there, Dex. That's, that's my personal fundraising page for the event. So everything that's going through there, you know, that's that's what I'm contributing. The the goal generally that they set is two thousand dollars <laughs> per participant because that should you know should hey, you know this isn't kind of it, it's a fun thing, but it's also it, it, it's something to to give back. And for me, I'm like I can do better than that. I and I I need to do better than that to give back to just a community that I I deeply care about that shaped so many you know over a decade of my life um so that's where i i'm like hey 10, 10 grand i can do that so five bucks you know if you're listening to this and you're like i can skip my starbucks right I there you go that, that that six buck mocha choca bullshit you know <laughs> and, and and donate that you know I, it's appreciated it, it all goes to people that are 
they need it because after 20 years of these dudes fighting, uh, having been there, there's so much that you have to, to still live with after the fact on that. So being able to give back to that and make sure that we can and take care of these people that allow for the freedom to sit on your, your couch and drink that $6 mocha choco bullshit. You know, yeah, that's, that's what it yes, is. Sir. Trying to, to give back to that community. So sacrificing for those that have sacrificed for us, man, dude, I, I would, man, I wish I didn't have to go to work. I wish I had more time, dude. Cause I, there's so much more with you. I just want to be able to unpack with this thing, dude. But, Fortunately, we're well, time. Maybe, I'm, maybe, I'm gonna have to have you back. Maybe man. after the swim. Maybe I was gonna say maybe after the swim or something, we'll Hell catch yeah. back up and uh see how everything went. But I, man, I truly appreciate oh, yeah. it, Dex. Man, I appreciate you, man. I really do. Like I said, my little mom and pop podcast, bro. Hopefully, people are listening and they listen and they you know hopefully y'all feel moved to help donate to like I said, there's nothing more beautiful than sacrificing your comfort for the you know to help a greater cause, dude. And I can't think of uh, any other organization right now that I would say that for than the Navy SEAL Foundation, man, because y'all been like you said, y'all been hitting the, the 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 nail on the head, man. Y'all been the hammer for twenty plus years in the war on terror on the front lines. With, I mean, doing all these direct that combat action missions and all this, and the the amount of loss you all suffer, and not just that, the amount of abuse your body's taking training. You know, it's it's a con continuous thing, and you all need to be cared up for because we know. That, you know, we can only the government's not going to do the VA's not going to do give you the best treatment. The VA's it helps, but it ain't everything. It ain't enough. And so that's why I'm glad we have foundations like the Navy SEAL Foundation. And I'm glad that we have guys like you that are out there still putting up a good front, man, and going out there and trying to help bring awareness to everything that's going on. Jacob, brother, I truly appreciate you. I appreciate your service. I know you don't want to hear it, but I'm going to say it. You're a hero. And I hate when people tell it to me too, but I tell it to everybody else, man, bro. But, hey, America is great it, because of people like you, man. You you keep this country special, man. So, brother, I'm gonna let you go ahead and get out of here. I'm gonna make sure I post the link. If you have any other, uh, do you have any social media that people can follow you on or anything? Yeah, so um, I'm on Instagram's like the only uh, only platform that I'm on, and that's uh, just Frogman, one word, just like you you know, old school Frogman underscore healing, H E A L I N G. So frogman underscore healing and on there, I have the link for it as well for the swim and I can send a, a QR code or whatever. So that way, you know, if people want to share that, you just save that picture on your phone, share it, spread it as far as you can. Anything is appreciated. Um, I truly mean that. So thank you so much, Deck. And hey, I'm, appreciate I'm really honored. You, man. Appreciate your time man. appreciate your service, brother. We will have to hook up after the swim. All right, my man. All right. Sounds good, Dex. You take care. God bless and have a good one, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. You take it easy, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, man, I, I want to keep going, but I can't. Unfortunately, I got to go work at this wedding. And, whew, man, but, dude, I don't know about y'all, but I'm motivated. I'm definitely, personally, I am going to donate myself. And, like I said, if, we can, if you can just give $5, something, man, something. I mean, it's absolutely worth it to support these heroes. We know who the Navy SEALs are. Y'all know who these dudes are, man. Go out there and give back to them, man. Help them out. Because like I said, they the, the, what they've sacrificed of their bodies and their lives for us, the least we could do is turn around and give them, you know, $5. You know, put down, yeah, you don't need all that sugar in that mocha choco bullshit anyway, man. You don't need all that sugar. All right. So, man, ladies and gentlemen, hey, I appreciate y'all for tuning in again. Be sure to share the show. 
you know, tell your friends, tell everybody, tune into the Iron Pits podcast, especially this episode. So definitely please go and share this one forward. But I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you all for tuning in as always. And I will see you all on the next one.